I don't want to talk about that. I'm more more issues to be talking about than that. The time right. was still, still dark at the start, but it got brighter and brighter nearly every oh, day. Yeah, mine over six months because this is our season. I think that's a rough. I'm up to the gutter to get where I am. I'm delighted to be here, but it's been earned. It's, that's it's, for a, sure. it's a great honour. It's kind of surreal, really. The whole thing has okay, been. Yeah, you've won them all, and that's pretty mental. What people in social media have done is disgusting. This is Sportsbeat Extra. On this week's show, we'll be looking at the kickboxing scene in Waterford and taking a deep dive into the wonderful event that's coming to the city very soon. But first, there is nowhere else to start but Kilkenny Hurling and the legend that is Brian Cody. Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. When you talk about standards, there's no point in time in anything except standards of excellence. Absolute excellence. There's no room for carelessness, no room for any kind of sloppiness. It's about standards of excellence all the time. And to me, again, those standards have to be set from the top. You've got to go in there and set the tone and set it seriously and absolutely and consistently the whole way. So what do you do? I mean, you don't pluck something out of the sky and say, lads, I have a fantastic idea. This is what we'll do. That's gimmicky and I don't like gimmicks. Basically, you roll up your sleeves, you get down to work. Get in there and you do it well. And standards, it's things like timekeeping. For example, we're training at seven o'clock in Nolan Park in Kilkenny. And I see it as my duty to be there, ready, organized, ready to roll at six o'clock. And that was from day one. And that's the way it has to continue to be. And that sends out a message. It sends out a message to everybody that you're setting a decent standard. And when I went in first, it wasn't like that. There's no point in pretending otherwise. Fellas were arriving in quarter to seven, ten to seven, tr- tearing off clothes, throwing on a pair of boots, trying to get out in the field for seven o'clock or two or three minutes past. But we did away with that. And we didn't have to read a riot act. Well, if we had to, we could as well. But we didn't have to do it because word spreads very, very quickly. You set the example, you set the tone, and word filters down. And the players, they bought into it. They bought into it very, very quickly, immediately. Why? Because everybody wants to be part of a setup or a situation that's going to allow them to be the best it can be. Everybody talks about being the best it can be. Obsession, no serious people in business, sport, whatever it is, that's always going to be the best I can be. But I would actually feel, I would actually be certain, you can never, ever, ever be the best you can be. You should never, ever consider that you have now reached the ultimate of where you can go. A man of standards, a man of pride and a man of integrity. Brian Cody has stepped down as the Kilkenny senior hurling manager after a star-studded 24 years in charge. The 68-year-old called time on his Cats career after leading his side to yet another All-Ireland decider last weekend. I mean, inevitably, it was a game that they lost out to Limerick, but it was a titanic encounter. Cody's time in charge will go down in history, winning 11 All-Ireland titles, 18 Leinster championships and 10 National Hurling League titles. I'm joined now on the line by Dermot Keyes. Dermot, like myself, is a fellow GAA man and knows all too well of just how much of a mark Brian Cody has left in the game. Dermot, how are you? Not too bad, Sean. Not too bad at all. Good. A big day. A, a very big day. And uh, this is probably the last time we, anyone in the GAA would have had a similar conversation, but this would have been when Mick O'Dwyer stepped down yeah. as Kerry manager. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think at that stage, nobody thought anyone would replicate what Mick O'Dwyer achieved. Um, with the Kerry footballers in terms of All-Ireland senior titles but lo and behold um, a decade later after a, after a mixed year for Kilkenny in 1998 when they, lo- when they still got to an All-Ireland final but lost Brian Cody came in and uh, ripped up the history books and um, it's fair to say that there will never be 
um, at least in our lifetimes, uh, a senior intercounty managerial reign to, in the men's game anyway, to rival um, what Brian Cody's achieved in Kilkenny. Oh, God, no. I think it was really sort of typified in the statement that Kilkenny County Board uh, released, obviously, in saying that they have sincere gratitude to Brian for his lifetime of contribution to the county, the commitment and passion he brought as a player and as a manager working tirelessly with a single aim and that was to do what was best for Kilkenny Hurling and I think he achieved that in abundance didn't he? Oh well I mean like I mean you just I mean you mentioned the, the, the role of honour I mean 11 All-Irelands 18 Leinster Championships 10 National League 7 Welsh Cups and an Iraqis title so I think that's 47 trophies um, since 1998 and it's an astonishing um, uh, uh, legacy and the consistency of Kilkenny and, and Cody's ability uh, to reinvent himself, um, actually quite similar in many ways to what Alex Ferguson did with Man United in that while he while Cody remained the the figurehead, like the totem of the Kilkenny group, he wasn't averse to changing things up in terms of his sideline team, which is very interesting. It's not as if the same men have served with him exclusively since 1998. Obviously, two of the men who were there for a good number of years were Mick Dempsey, um, from Leash and of course Mick Dempsey came from a footballing background in Leash so even that was a very interesting appointment at the time and that coincided with Kilkenny's most successful year and Martin Fogarty of course was there for a good number of years with both Mick Dempsey and Brian Cody as well but to give Cody his due he he didn't turn his back uh, for all his talk about not discussing uh, you know the, the whole kind of Kilkenny don't do tactics thing which was just a very convenient way of fobbing off a question asked to him every few games um, he wasn't averse to the changing trends in the game and he went with it and you know obviously in recent years there's been a level of frustration I suppose in the fact that you know by Kilkenny standards having not won an All-Ireland since 2015 this is akin to a, a famine but at the same time they've remained hugely competitive um, they've been the best team in Leinster consistently through that period uh, they've won some leagues in that period and last Sunday they came within a score of eclipsing the machine um, in Limerick Um perhaps an even more dominant hurling force than Mosh Kilkenny were at their peak under, under Cody. And it has to be said, in 2019, had it not been for Kilkenny in that semi-final, we could be talking about um, what, five in a row Absolutely. Uh, for Limerick. You know, and I know that was Tipperary's year, but ultimately it was Kilkenny that were the fly in the ointment uh, when it came to breaking Limerick's dominance. But the fact that Kilkenny has stayed, has stayed competitive in all that period, Sean, even without winning Lee McCarthy, is is why obviously there was no need or even a discussion or a whisper I would have thought for Kilkenny County Board to suggest that maybe now's the time for a change. And woe betide the County Board Chairman who would have been in that position, I would have thought. I think what's interesting uh, is that clearly I'd say this is, has been Brian Cody's decision and Brian Cody's decision alone. Um, it's interesting that the statement from the County Board uh, just mentions that the process of finding uh, his successor will begin, but doesn't uh, hint at what, uh, who, or, or what the structure will be in terms of a of a, of a, commit, a committee such as what's been appointed in Waterford, for example. Yes. A four-person committee. So it's interesting. Are we going to have a clean break now in Kilkenny uh, with the Cody era? Um, is he going to have any uh, say or sway in the appointment of his successor? And obviously that's going to be a decision completely for Kilkenny to make. Um, but like I, can, I can't imagine that uh, Brian Cody's influence on the Kilkenny team uh, for the immediate future ends here and now. There's obviously going to be, um, you know, some legacy that will remain given the players he's introduced um, in recent years, Mikey Butler in particular, uh, spring into mind. So it'll be interesting to see what, what does Kilkenny County Board do here now 
yeah, we'll, we'll let go with a clean break and say, Brian, thanks very much, but now we have to move on and make an independent decision. Or will Brian Cody, a little bit, dare I say it again, like Alex Ferguson post-2013, will he have some input into who succeeds him? Because um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens now, because obviously we've got a couple of high-profile vacancies uh, around the country in inter-county hurling and Tipperary have obviously filled theirs. Yeah. Um, but it's an intriguing time, and obviously this is a different uh, situation from previous years, given that we have the split season now. Um, it, it's going to give county boards any the chance to put in place a very comprehensive process. There's nothing going to be rushed about this. There'll be no shortage of candidates. There's great raw materials to work with in Kilkenny. And I think whoever is going to get the job, as uh, Cody would always have insisted, he would have wanted to leave the, the group in a better condition from where it was when he took the job on. And it's a long way back for a lot of people to remember. But in 1988, Kenny by their standards, despite even reaching an All-Ireland final, were at a, a relative low ebb in their history in terms of hurling. And he came in, took it on and raised the bar to a whole new level. And they're certainly in a better place now than what they were all of 24 years ago well, that's when for Brian sure. Cody was appointed. That's for sure. Now, you've, you've touched on two interesting things. You made reference to Alex Ferguson at the very, very start of the conversation. And I that was mm. the very, very first thing that I thought of because... You remember going back 10, 15 years, it was well noted that Brian Cody would make phone calls to Alex Ferguson asking for his advice about tactical setup and about how to deal with various different setups inside in the dressing room. I think from an Irish perspective, it's very, very difficult not to make that comparison with Alex Ferguson because of the dominance that he's had with Kilkenny. And the very first thing that popped into my head after the resignation is, I wonder just how much of a say he's going to have on his successor, you know? And it will be incredibly interesting to see what way they go with that. But also, you spoke about when he took over in 98, obviously Kilkenny were at a low ebb, they were beaten by a point by Cork in that final. But it only took 12 months, he came back the following year and absolutely blew awfully out of the water by 5.15 to 1.14. And I mean, that seems, I mean, I know it was his first of 11 All-Ireland titles. He lost six finals then thereafter. It doesn't seem like that long ago, does it? Or am I just getting old? Well, I, I'm, I'm guilty of the same thing. I mean, like my first summer working in journalism was 1999. And the culmination of that summer was Cork beating Kilkenny in a downpour in Crow Park, which was still under massive redevelopment at the time. And that was still, still in an era when when the final whistle blew, journalists were brought across the field and you could go into the dressing rooms after matches, Sean. Um, now we barely get booed from the players from one end of the year to the other. Um, so it's changed a lot and uh, it doesn't seem that long ago. And I suppose everything that's relative to your own experience makes it feel a lot shorter in terms of time being compressed. But I think the fact that while there have been so many changes in the GEA uh, since 1998... Um, the fact that Brian Cody has been there throughout all that period, um, it's, it, it must be like you think about what would have happened in, in Kerry after Mick O'Dwyer stepped down, when, when Kevin Heffernan stepped down in Dublin. These are like seismic events uh, for counties and they don't happen all that often where you have one dominant, uh, overwhelmingly powerful personality who by sheer force of will has sometimes carried his team to victory and teams carrying out his instructions to the letter of the law and, and succeeding more often than not. So this is a this is a real passing of a torch. Like it's, it's the end of an era. Like When you think that Brian Cody came in just beyond the time when even Gerlach Nam has gone beyond his peak as an inter-county manager, not that any of us knew it at the time. Um, Gerald McCarthy was the manager of Waterford. Um, Michael Bond was the manager of Offaly. Um, 
it's incredible to think all the water that's passed under the bridge since yes throughout all this period the one constant has been Cody so how can Kenny now react to this um, it's going to be a really interesting test of the players and obviously I mean there's not going to be any shortage of candidates and I think given the fact that he has changed his backroom team with a relative level of uh, fluidity in recent years lots of fellas who were under his watch that played like James McGarry Martin Comerford um, DJ Carey uh, Derek Ling, who's had the under-20s in Kilkenny this year. There's no shortage of candidates. And, of course, you know, the elephant in the room um, is Henry Shefflin. Um But I don't think it's necessarily a guarantee, Sean, that Henry Shefflin, uh will either be, uh, you know, proposed for the job or might even take it. Because I suspect, he, you know, he's, Galway have been good to Henry Shefflin. It's been a very difficult year for Henry Shefflin for a whole heap of reasons. He may wish to come see out his term with Galway. Now, if the call from home comes in, I don't think anyone in Galway is going to uh, be up in arms too much about it. Well, it's going a little to be, bit uh, like Ian Cattle going back to tip. But yeah, it's yeah. very hard to know what's going to happen. But I'll tell you one thing. Eddie Brennan, of course, another player who's gained inter-county experience as a manager since he retired, there will be no shortage of top-quality candidates from Machine Kilkenny uh, to take over from Brian Cody. I suppose the thing, the secret, uh, the, the key thing will be is who that new manager will have alongside him. There's a good structure in place with Inky Kenny as it is. I can't see the baby even thrown out with the bathwater. I suspect a good number of player guys who are involved with management and selections will be retained, maybe not necessarily in the roles they're in right now. But um, you know, there's plenty of raw material on and off the field in Kilkenny to keep them competitive and to give them a, a good shot at being among those counties that want to dethrone Limerick because there's a huge prize waiting there now. Who can knock this Limerick team off their perch? This is the position that Kilkenny occupied for so long. And now the shoe was on the other foot. It was unusual to see Kilkenny in an all Ireland final as underdogs. But my goodness, what, what a display they put up. A, a, a score which should have won most all Ireland before it and it still wasn't enough to beat Limerick. But they're in really good place psychologically. And I think if you're going to... It, just say Limerick had lost... And like Kilkenny had lost by 10, 12 points last Sunday. It's a slightly different conversation this weekend. Uh, but it's not, and that's a credit to the players and to, and to what Brian Cody instilled into that group this year. So it's an intriguing time. Um, obviously, this is a different kind of closed season now from what we're used to. Um, there's going to be a lot of ideas rearranged in lots of different counties, including my own one here in Waterford. But uh, obviously, it's a huge... It's a seismic event in modern GA because you're talking about somebody who's been there for a quarter of a century and I can't see anyone ever repeat what he has done. No, that's it. That's it. And I suppose, as you touched upon, even though they didn't lift the, the cup on that day, it was a fitting performance to see the man step down on his terms. He has delivered a county far more than a dream and he has delivered year on year. His absence will be felt across the board it's going to be incredibly interesting as to who comes in and what sort of a role that he takes upon himself in if if any in in sort of moving towards his successor one thing is for certain the game will be less without him and we wish him all the very very best oh he's a colossal figure um in the modern in the last 50 years of the gea um in terms of the men's game anyway i should stress there are only two comparable figures to, uh, to uh, Brian Cody, and that's Kevin Heffernan and Mick O'Dwyer. Uh, so uh, when you look at the, the fact that those two men are still thought of so well and deservedly so, and there's great affection for the teams that those two men were over, the very same applies for the multiple teams, four or five different teams that Brian Cody moulded um, since 1998 and, and made at times unbeatable, perhaps 
no greater moment from a Kenny perspective and the worst moment of all from Waterford was that final in 2008 where they literally couldn't put a ball wide um, it's for me in my years covering the games irrespective of how good Limerick have been undoubtedly over the last five years Kenny for 45 to 50 minutes not all Ireland final in 08 were pretty much as perfect as any team are ever going to be in a game like that and that didn't happen by accident you had an amazing group of players um, and all led by a remarkable man on the line who was an outstanding player and an all-star in his own right as well so it's a a huge day for, for, for hurling and for Irish sport in general um, because uh, I don't think there'll ever be another one like Brian Cody Well we can only wait and see Dermot thanks so much for your time Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors Cashel Road Clonmel You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie I'm joined by the man behind the brilliant Phoenix Performance Centre, Mr. Sean Barrett. Sean, you're very welcome to the show. How are you today? Thanks very much, Sean. Not too bad at all. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. So, look, to begin with, why don't you give a brief overview as to what you do at Phoenix Performance? So, we are predominantly a kickboxing gym. Uh, I think I'm the only kickboxing gym and combat gym, for that matter, doing one-to-one services, which... uh, pre-pandemic has been very very popular has been the mainstay for me we have uh, kids only classes we've teens only classes we women's only classes and we have a unisex class okay. so I started in 2020 um, I got two weeks in and COVID shut me down so July 6th last year uh, I got to open up and we've had our first full year and it's gone from strength to strength and we aim to go for what we're here to speak about today for our first time well, that's fantastic. So, the event called The Rebirth. It's an upcoming kickboxing event, which is going to be held in Waterford's Theatre Royale on the 30th of July. The first time an event of this kind has been held at the venue. Firstly, congratulations for obviously getting in there. And why don't you tell us a bit about it? Yeah, uh, it was just pure cheeky to ask, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, the lads down there were absolutely on the ball. Uh, I went down and I viewed the venue and I just fell in love with it. Um uh, normally a, a show like this would be held in like a um, a hotel venue or a community hall. So to take it into the Theatre Island, make it a more spectacle and more of a show, I think it's going to be something very, very different, especially for uh, a fight fan to come and view like a ring on a stage. How's that going to work? You know, like, but trust me, it's, it works. It sounds fantastic. And I suppose even further to that, there's a brilliant sort of basis behind the back of this at 14% of every ticket sold going to Oasis House Women's Refuge. Uh, Why is this so important to you? Well, um, if we go back around Valentine's, um, myself and my partner were sitting back and we didn't want to get each other a gift. So we decided to put 50 euro each to Oasis House because I remember watching the RT News and with the pandemic and domestic violence increasing, they were actually low on funds and, and they were crying out for help. Um, so we decided not to get each other something for Valentine's Day, not to treat each other, that we donated to charity. So when the uh, idea of the show came up, we were talking about pricing and so on and so forth. I was like, I want to give back. Uh, so we decided to go to Oasis House again. So at Phoenix Performance, we know that every show that we're going to do, we're going to have some element of um, charitable donation to the show. So this was just our first one. And I feel that what Oasis House does for Waterford City is very undermined and they don't get the promotion that they uh, that I feel they need. Well, that's about as commendable 
a backdrop behind that as you can possibly get so fair play to you to the event itself what is lined up we have seven of our own lads on, on the bill okay. um, top in the bill is two of our own lads we have Keen Burke uh, fighting for the Irish Cruiserweight title and we have Jamie Regan fighting for the super welterweight uh, Irish ISKA title uh, just a side note that this is only the second time ISKA has ever been in Waterford first was 10 years ago um, so it's great to be able to bring back the promotion in, into Waterford Absolutely. I mean, any title fights are always fantastic and especially when you can get it local, build up the locality and the community. How many local fighters in total and how many fights and, and, and the event overall? So I, I aim to have 10 fights on the bill, but unfortunately uh, it has grown. <laughs> so time-wise, I, I'm getting a little bit tight. So uh, when people within the kickboxing community realised what I was doing, they all wanted to get on board and everyone wanted to put their fire. So right now I have 12 match fights, seven of them are locally. Um, for my own lads, I have Aaron Wise, I have Christina Marshall, Molly Quinn, David Hayes, uh, Daniel Connolly, uh, Jamie Regan, Keane Burke. Uh, I could be forgetting someone there. We have Dylan Hayes, eight-year-old, going out for the first time. Uh, we have lads travelling from Belfast. We have lads coming from Dublin. We have lads coming from um, Carlow. Uh, and it's purely because they want to get on board. Because as a former fighter myself, the safety measures that I've brought into this show for fighters first... I'm bringing on a professional uh, cut team, Inside Out Care. Uh, they will professionally wrap everyone's hands on an amateur level show. A normal process would, the gloves are left in the corner of the ring and you would go on, whether you're a first fight or a 22nd fight, you would share them gloves. Obviously with COVID, everything like that, I don't want that to be the case. So I've went out and I've bought brand new gloves for every single fighter that they'll take away with themselves on that night. So I'm putting fighter safety first as well as putting the charity first. So everything... It's being done right. Professionally organised and one of your first real sort of major organisations that you've set up in this scenario, yeah? Absolutely. I've I've ran events before in my, in my previous club, uh, but this is the first one where I've gone and ran with my ideas and actually go, right, what do I want to do and put my stamp? And uh, our promotional video has ruffling feathers and that's what I tend to do. I want to make as much noise as possible. Like we are here, we're, we're, we're here to stay. Good, good. And how has your stable, how are the fighters responding to all of this and I suppose the amount of preparation and time that you put into it? I could not ask for better. Uh, I genuinely, I say it time and time again, I don't know if they they believe me, but I'm proud of them whether they go in there uh, or they don't. They put in the work. Like, I will get messages at two o'clock in the morning. Hey coach, can I go for a run in the morning at half five? I'm like, why are you texting me? Go for it. You know, like, absolutely. They're, they're driving me on. They're asking me, hey, can you come for 5k in the morning? We're running out at half five. They're leaving the clock tower. If you see three lads run uh, on the clock tower uh, at half five in the morning, that's Jamie Regan, Don Casey, uh, Sean Fortune, and probably Christina Marshall with them. You know, they're, like, they're doing it themselves. I don't have to be on their case, which as a coach, absolutely amazing. We have a family mentality in that gym. Not moving away from the event, but sort of keeping on the, I suppose, the premise of community, family, locality. If anybody's listening right now and they're interested in taking part, what message would you have to young, old, anybody who might just be interested in getting into a gym? Go for it. You're never too late. Um, it doesn't matter what age, what age you are. There's always ways around things. I might not be the place for you. Somewhere else might be the place for you. Just pick it up. Whether Waterford Muay Thai with John Welch is an absolute amazing place. 
Like, I'm an amazing place. Team Rhino is an amazing place. Emerald Kickboxing is an amazing place. It's whatever sits and it sits with you and what coach suits you the best. That's where you want to be. That sounds good. Sounds good. And, and I suppose for, for any kids, any children that might be interested, is there a lot of financial burden in terms of getting involved in the first place or would equipment that they would need to take part, is that all inside in the gyms? It may be inside in the gym. Uh, for my own, I won't allow sharing of it because of COVID. I don't like I don't like the the idea of sharing gloves. I never did. I don't like the idea of sharing. Like if you're sweating, you're ch- changing off, and you're giving it to the next person. Are you sick? X Y Z. We know uh, COVID has really changed how we think we think about things. Um, there is nothing stopping you from going to a kickboxing gym or any combat gym and starting it without equipment. You could be in there six, eight weeks, nine weeks. No equipment needed. It's after then you realise as a child, okay, I really, really like this. Then you can start putting in the financial side of things. But for myself, I'm free for the first class. Try it out. Don't like it. After that, come back to me. We have page go, monthly options. We've, we, we'll always sit down and work with you. People are genuine. And once you're genuine, people are genuine with you. Well, I suppose you can't ask for much more than that. You're giving people an opportunity to come in free of charge, try it out and see if they actually like it. Well, that's brilliant. And there's no reason why someone can't jump on board that. I suppose switching back to the event and I suppose the main details with this, when is it on? What time is it on? What date? And what do people need to know about this? So it's first fight will be six o'clock. And it's not six o'clock Irish time. It's six o'clock date. Um, doors will open at half five. Uh, the Theatre Royal are providing uh, bar facilities they're providing popcorn and candy floss for the kids like it's a full, full event just like you'd expect in any Theatre Royal uh, the last fight will roughly be in the ring about 10 past 9 uh, you should be out there by 20 to 10 uh, 12 solid fights the last two fights will be 5 rounders all the rest of them are 3 rounders uh, tickets are available through the Theatre Royal box office they're 25 euro 14% or 3 euro 50 exactly is um, going directly to Oasis House. So of every ticket, three or 50 is going to Oasis House. Um, I would say that there's still opportunities for sponsorship if anyone would like to get on board. Um, just contact me at sean at phoenixperformance.ie. Other than that, there's nothing less, less to say, but enjoy the event. And I mean, come and watch high, fast-paced K1 action and you will love it. It sounds fantastic. And I know you've just given your email address there. Do you have a site or contact details or anything that people can visit on your performance center to see what you've got to offer? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, www.phoenixperformance.ie. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. I managed to actually go viral on TikTok. <laughs> OK, very good. Very good. Well, look, all sounds wonderful. A great cause. Sounds like a fantastic event and no reason why people can't get to that and get involved with any one of the combat sports there. Been a pleasure speaking with you. I look forward to talking to you again and I wish you all the best for the event. Amazing. Thank you very much. Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. That's it for today. If you got something you'd like to discuss or you'd like to time to chat about your club or sporting society, drop me a mail at sport at beat102103.com and I'll happily get back to you. Killian is up next with Beat Anthems.